Welcome to Waterloop, the nonprofit media outlet exploring solutions for water sustainability and equity. I'm the host, Travis Loop. Athletes have tremendous influence on fans, teams, brands, and more. That power can be used to create positive change for the environment, as discussed in this episode with Chris Dickerson, a former Major League Baseball player and co-founder of Players for the Planet. Chris explains how he developed an interest in sustainability when surrounded by single-use plastic in a baseball clubhouse, and then launched the organization to create opportunities for athletes to take action. He also talks about the growing interest among players and the need for teams and venues to move faster. You're in the water loop. Players for the Planet is an organization that we started, or I started, uh, Jack Castle in 2008 to bring and unite professional athletes for global change. And it's a, you know, it's a series of initiatives that have been come by and led by players um, that have translated into team action that then translate into community action. Because using the platform of professional sports and the, the influence that we have, not just from an operations and from a venue standpoint of having a captive audience to educate thousands, if not millions of fans per year, but the, you know, especially in the social media age where these athletes have so much reach especially with activism and be able to get the word out. But our big, the biggest difference with some of the organizations I've found paramount that we have athletes that get out and get their hands dirty. So it's whether it's coming down to the Dominican Republic and offering, having, providing opportunities for them to get involved, whether it's planting trees, you know, pick waste sorting, picking up plastic, composting, food insecurity, environmental justice, um, tying on all sub, all of these in which they relate relate to sports and our surrounding communities and, and venues. Uh, and then, you know, our big thing also is with brands and as the millennial kind of um, kind of market has shifted with the with the dollars that are being spent there, it's evident that they're starting to hold their, you know, hold brands more accountable to how they manufacture, how their stuff is delivered. So we have the opportunity again with the amount of stuff that we go through, whether it's equipment, um, you know, whether it's equipment or brands, you know, we can have the platform to, to find, to, to hold them accountable, but also to, to really market and promote real people that are doing really good things. For Chris, he first got interested in sustainability while playing in the minor leagues and being surrounded by single use plastics. This spurred him to create change just happened to come across an article about you know the the perils of plastic and how long it takes to break down meanwhile sitting next to a 50 gallon trash can of nothing but plastic you know summer months we're taking two three water bottles out with us during batting practice coming back in for pregame meal drinking two more two or three more bottles of water going out for pregame taking two three bottles of water um, to stay hydrated and at the end of the day just simple napkin math 40 people in the clubhouse average of five to six bottles a day we're one of 120 minor league teams and with a third of the access to amenities and drinks and Gatorade and all, you know, and beverages that major league teams have. So on any given night, you know, we're going through probably a million single use plastic water bottles. Uh, so that was that was it. So my basic initiative was I wanted to see how we could cut down on plastic by utilizing reusable water bottles. And I set out a press inquiry. They sent 50 usable water bottles and the press picked it up. It blew up. I got called up the next or two months later and I saw the response from the fans understanding that this was that this was a 
kind of this was a, a pivotal point in understanding that the real threat and understanding that sports fans were all on the same boat. And so seeing the recycling symbols on the fan club signs, that's what you know pushed me into finding other like-minded athletes to create a kind of a coalition to where we could use our presence on the field and off the field to bring more awareness to this issue to these issues. Waterloo. Since starting Players for the Planet in 2008, Chris has seen a definite uptick in interest among players in environmental sustainability and being part of the solution. If you told me in 2008 that we'd have 250 athletes and be in the, doing work in the Dominican Republic and internationally, probably would have laughed a little bit. But, um, you know, it was, a, it was a slow trudge for about, for about almost 10 years uh, where there was, you know, because of the politicization of, you know, the climate and the environment it became very difficult to convince, you know, certain demographics in certain regions of the country that this was a real thing. And, you know, often they, they kind of shook it off. But now I think the key indicator of that trend is the athletes that were very skeptical and apprehensive to get on board now have families and understand that the crisis that we're in, which is also unfortunate that it's taken this point for them to get, to get them to notice that we're in really part of my friends is really deep shit. And, um, so we've, we've seen them turn and be some of the biggest, uh, biggest ambassadors and it continues to grow. I mean, we have five, 10 athletes that reach out to us on a weekly basis, whether they're college athletes, youth athletes that want to do their own cleanups or learn how to get more involved in their own school or their campus. Waterloo. When it comes to teams and venues, there's a wide spectrum of action for the environment, but in general, Chris says there's a need for them to do more faster. Still, I think it's it's a it's a weird direct correlation. If you were probably if there was some statistical overlap that, as far as the adoption for players as to teams, I feel like this would be a little bit late developing. As if it, visually, I could put it: if you have an athlete, a slow climb of athletes like this, particular post pandemic, when you saw the effects of us being at home and being responsible, and the effects that it had on wildlife, to the interest that was sparked. And then, you know, teams, it's always going to be a little bit later where they have the idea, but actually making dollars and cents, which is kind of an unfortunate thing. In the end, we need much more buy-in from these teams. Seattle is one of the, was, was one, is at the forefront, if not the global leader in sustainability with Climate Pledge, Lumen, Seattle Mariners, all were, you know, the OGs of, and basically like the founding members of this. And then you look what's happening in Atlanta with what Sophie's doing at the Hawks, what, what um, Scott did at Mercedes-Benz, and what Danielle's trying to do at, uh, with the Braves uh, is really tremendous. And we need more of this joint effort from teams to create an ecosystem within these multiple markets uh, when you have four and five, four and five franchises uh, in one place. And so I'd like to see more done in LA, I'd like to see more done in Miami, New York, all these huge audiences, rabid fan bases, again, captive audiences to really kind of tell the story of what, what's going to happen if we don't if we don't make a change. And those two particular areas are under really deep threat. Waterloop. Thank you for listening to this episode of Waterloop. To find all podcasts, connect on social media, and sign up for email updates, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.